What's going on, good people? It's Gardner Douglas, the Oyster Ninja, listening to the Oyster Ninja podcast. Um, today, I got a great guest. Um, she's going to be the next president. I'm pretty sure of it. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, this uh, I got Miss Zandy here. Miss Zandy is from South Africa. Um, she is a conservationist. She is a um, she's a founder of her uh, Black Mermaid tribe, um, which we'll learn all about. Um, she's the first Black uh, free dive instructor in South Africa. Need I say more? Why do I have to say more? Let's 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 bring Zandy on here. Come on, what's going on, Zandy? Hello, thank you so much for having me. It's really my pleasure. Like I said, it's all my pleasure. Um, how are you today? I am fantastic. The sun is shining. There's no wind. Life is good. Life is great. Life is a blessing. Life is beautiful. Like just experiencing life and being able to every day start over. And if you don't get it right the day before you get to try again. Are you right? serious? Is that life? Right? Oh, my gosh that's that's my obsession with the sun like i i i have a thing with the sun and i feel like she's just one of the ultimate reminders that like regardless of how you show up show up but every so often you just need to recognize that every single time she comes up it's a new opportunity to be whoever you want to be and today's any day is 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 a good day as any other day <laughs> now for you folks who haven't heard of zandy aka the black mermaid you may hear me talk more on this episode than I've ever talked before, simply because I'm trying to keep up. Okay. Zandy is a uh, very well-versed. She's very concise. She is very knowledgeable. Of course, you got to be knowledgeable. She's an instructor, right? So um, Zandy, just, I guess, um, just tell me a little bit, first of all, about your, your upbringing and how you even got into this freediving um, world. So I grew up in Soweto, which is like a landlocked area here in South Africa, in the province of Gauteng. Um, and pretty much they were, were landlocked, were very far from the ocean, about six hours from the ocean. And I grew up very tomboyish. I was always just that kid, couldn't sit me down. And every single day I would come back dirty from like head to, to toes it was a mess and that's why I got beatings almost every single day because how dare you get dirty like that as a girl and uh, that was the beginning of my life uh, kind of in in high school I found hockey which was an amazing sport that really helped me to be able to process my my body my existence and there was less policing around my body, right? We could run around like boys and we're just, you know, we're smashing these hockey sticks around and anything could happen. It was a beautiful world where I got to explore more of myself. Later, I went on to mountain biking and I, I love to share this part of the story because it connects to the ocean. I was saying just the other day that it was in the mountains that I heard the ocean and it, it, it's, it's the weirdest thing, but it is what it is. And, um, and just from all those hours in the mountain on the bike uh, through different stage races, 
I got to encounter God, which is, I think, a discussion that many people don't really have. And, and somewhere in this journey, when I then accessed the ocean, I was really able to encounter the next level of the being that made all of us. And just, um, and I just found that incredibly, that world opened up things that I never thought were possible. And it started with a snorkel trip in Bali at the age of 28 years old. It was my first time ever seeing beneath the surface and it required, there was this lady, as the captain said, everybody kit up. Um, I of course did not know what to do. So I ended up looking around to see what everybody else is doing. And the lady opposite me says, have you ever been snorkeling? And my, my God, I don't think I would be here had she not happened, because in that moment, she holds up a mask. And she says, it sounds so crazy, but I really do wish that one day I find her and just say thank you, because she holds up the mask and she holds up the snorkel. And she says, the mask is going to close your nose so you won't be able to breathe in through your nose. And this is a snorkel and you breathe in and out through this part. Make sure that you bite tight and make sure that, you know, when you look to um, when you move your head a little bit too deep, the water's going to come through. Don't panic. Had she not said that, we would not be having this discussion. All to say, when I jumped over the boat, I started freaking out. I'm drowning. I'm drowning. Oh, my God, I'm drowning. Not me in the midst of dramatics being the only <laughs> Like, what the hell? So Now, are we this, talking about, like, flopping and all of that, too? Like, everything. Or it was everything. messy. It was messy. I, I'm drowning. I'm drowning. Oh, my God, I'm drowning. And this lady turns around and she says to me, it's physically impossible to drown. And I just think, what in the wild world is going, like, what? And right. somewhere in the midst of this freak out, there's a self-to-self discussion. Um, hi, what's going on? Why are you freaking out? You know how to swim. What's your issue? And I think to this day, I realized that the issue was that I couldn't touch the floor. Mm-hmm. And when you're that, um, and when you've never had that experience, there's this overwhelming fear. But also there's no ledge to hold on to. So the, the whole time you're just, your head is, your head is freaking out. Thank God uh, that fear passed because then I went on to join the group and look beneath the surface and be absolutely taken by the life that lived under there. And a um, little bit later on our second snorkel spot, I followed our dive master down and that's where the magic happened. Mm-hmm. I, in those few seconds of a breath hold, I felt at home. I felt peace like I'd never felt in my life. And I just knew that this is it. So in seconds, you felt like that mind-blowing experience, like, where have you been all my life? Why have you never come for me? Right. Why didn't you tell me that I had to be here? Everything made sense. And all of it, like a belonging, like I had never, ever felt in my life. Right. Because like, um, you know, I listened to some of the other stuff, like I said, and you were saying like, you never felt like you fit in, which is weird, because I just that was me. Like, I was relating to you crazy. I was like, yo, it's like, like, all my life, I kind of just did my own thing, you know, stood out from the crowd, because I wasn't like everybody else. And I wasn't following what everybody else was doing. So for me, of course, you know, it was oysters. And whether I had you know, other people to hang out with or not. But like, once we get together, like in that oyster community, I'm like, yo, okay, this is my tribe. 
this yeah. is my circle. So like, yeah. I, I totally feel where you're coming from. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. So like, what was your like, because all right, so if, if you don't know, I'm from um, the eastern shore of Virginia. And it's a peninsula. So I got the Chesapeake Bay on one side, I got the Atlantic Ocean on the other side. And I still don't know how to swim today. I, I try pools. I'm cool in pools. I love pools for those like five seconds that I'm underwater. Yeah. 5.5 seconds. That's what I'm going to give you. Okay. <laughs> that's about it. That's all I got for you. I'm not going to act like I know how to swim. You can, you might catch me in the six foot. I might get brave <laughs> enough to go down six foot, but that's about it. So how did you even learn how to swim and what was that process like? Thank you so much for, for this question. And and, and again, just like it's, I want to first go back to your, to your statement about finding your tribe, right? Somewhere between deciding to not conform, you, you, you happen upon these people that feel like, yeah, the people that you've needed your entire life. And uh, for me, how did I learn how to swim? One, I never went for lessons. So we've never had swimming lessons. And in grade six, I actually had a drowning experience. We got to our first multiracial school and this one girl's like, oh, you don't know how to swim? Get on my back, I'll swim with you. And I, and I don't think she meant to leave me in the deep end, but when she made a turn, she did. And so where's Zandi, where's Zandi? And they had to get me out the water. Oh, and snap. I'll never forget my, my teacher saying, Zandi, Zandi, wake up, as I was like coughing up this water. It was messy. A little uh, bit. <laughs> you know, there's many things that could out you yeah uh, and so I just from that moment I think my sister and I kind of worked to figure out the swimming thing right between these PE lessons that we had and then we joined the swim team mm. look, at us, look at us trying to be brave did we not come last at every single race respectfully <laughs> but everybody had to wait because we were in that you know we were there and um, I think it's such a interesting experience because in the years that followed that was that for swimming and only when I started going to gym and I mean that was what maybe matric or my first year that's when I started being like I really want to figure this thing out and so you stay in the shallows and you swim 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 and you try again and you try again and so I'm a self-taught swimmer mm -hmm. when you see me swim you know, I, I don't glide like the dolphin kids that were taught to like, you know, that have been swimming their whole lives. You know that it's self-taught. And so every so often someone would be like, you know, if you're a little bit more streamlined, I'm like, yo, <laughs> I can save my life. Life is okay. Right. Uh, and it's, and it's, 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 and I'm glad I did that work because it all came back as I needed, as I needed it in that snorkel trip when I was learning to scuba dive, when I was out at sea in the ocean and all those moments matter. But I wanna also then circle back to you to say, you know, many people assume that proximity equates to access and there's mm -hmm. no, you can live right next to the ocean, but it's not as simple or as linear as that. Exactly. And that's why I love, um, you know, the work that you do with the kids uh, I know I'm skipping over a bunch and I'm skip like going place to place, but like, I just like the way the conversation is going. Um, but the, the, the work you're doing with the kids, like giving them planting those seeds, 
And, you know, it's, I, I, I always talk about this. It's all about planting those seeds. And even with myself, like I always try to relate to myself because I feel like I had a very sheltered upbringing, which I did. My grandmother raised me. She was older. So she wasn't, you know, going to the beaches. She wasn't, you know, letting us just go and run around maybe like she raised her kids. You know, she, we were very sheltered um, because she wanted to keep her eye on us. So I say all that to say, like, why, why did I say that? Why did I say that? I don't know why I said that, but what I'm saying is I feel like at a young age, if you get those seeds planted, the seed is always there. The memories are always there. So all you have to do is plant a seed. So I just want to talk or ask you if you could really go into um, the Black Mermaid Foundation. Yeah. And thank you so much for that because it is for me all about planting the seed, right? Um, so in the foundation, um, my work is to create diverse representation in ocean spaces. The ocean is, li is largely undiverse here in South Africa, but I've also realized in the rest of the world too, actually. And so it's just, it's to create that diverse representation that allows us to see more diverse uh, representation in marine facing careers, in sports, but also ultimately just recreationally, the way in which black and brown communities often interface the water is from a, a subsistence uh, way. So what does it mean to make the water a leisure place for us, a place where when these kids grow up, they're gonna take their families to the beach and they're gonna swim and they're gonna get into the water, right? And they're gonna snorkel. And so my whole idea is to change the narratives that we hold around these waters, to expand the dreams that we thought were possible, and then just recognize that there is no ceiling. You know, with my kids, we talk about careers that are possible at sea. You know, I ask all of them, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, you know, someone will say, I want to be a soccer star. And someone's like, I want to be a soldier. And someone's like, I want to be a doctor. But I'm always so encouraged by, by the answers that I hear because, you know, you always assume the linear, you know, nurse, doctor, lawyer, but then you hear kids say, I want to be a soldier. I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a lifeguard. And I'm just like, oh my God, I love you guys. And then I said, did you guys know that you can become a scuba diving instructor? Do you know that you can become an underwater welder? Do you know that when you see the shark on Nat Geo and you see it underwater, there's someone in the water with a shark and all the kids are like, ah, and I'm like, ah. And so it's a wild world that I hope to expand all of us. What does it look like when we go on an, on an excursion? I pick up the kids. So they live in an area called Langa here in Cape Town. And so I pick them up there about 45 minutes away, bring them back out this side uh, because the beaches here are easier. They are easier to access, they are safer, and it's just a beautiful place to be. Salmon's Town has the most incredible beaches. And then we sit down and we talk about the challenges that the ocean is facing. We talk about plastic, we talk about overfishing, we talk about the whole idea that we wanna protect these oceans for the generations to come. This is your inheritance, we have work to do. And I recognize that 
these same kids one day are going to be future presidents. They're going to be citizens. They're going to be business leaders. And they are going to be the ones that make the decisions to further protect these oceans. So that's like part of my coin work. Then we all kit up and then there's a whole big fight about who's going to go in first and no one wants to go because everybody's afraid and then eventually one of the kids says okay fine i'll go and then they like you know get one of the other kids to come and yeah and i teach them like that lady taught me on the boat the snorkel everybody yeah. put on put on your masks okay everybody hold up your snorkel put your bite on it and we breathe and then we step into the water and we poke our faces in and we come back up, can you breathe? Yes, everybody hold on to the boy and we start our snorkel excursions. Somewhere between the wild fear where, you know, at a point I once had a kid jump on the boy and another jump on my head and I was just <laughs> under, it was messy. And uh, I was like, oh, so this is how I die. So I take the kid <laughs> off my head. And, uh, <laughs> and, and somewhere between the fear, there's a moment when I just hear, it's a starfish. And then I start crying because it means that they just, they trusted just enough to look beneath the surface and actually see something past their own fears. And, and then the one will convince the other to look and, and that's how it works. And then no one wants to get out the water. Yeah. Naturally, that's how it works. And it's probably my best work. I, I I would I would definitely agree. I mean, there's no better work than planting seeds and, you know, to to brighten our future, to brighten their future, um, because it just makes for a well-rounded person. You know what I mean? So thank you for putting that work in. And, and like you were saying, like, I didn't even I didn't know the extent that you were actually teaching. I thought you were just taking them out, you know, free down, but you're, you're teaching them and talking to them about you know, the plastics and overfishing, which are all important um, topics for the water, for the water uh, future. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, what does it mean to you for those kids to trust in you that much? Because the water, like like you said, and I want you to talk a little bit about, you know, just the, the culture of the water um, with you in South Africa. Yeah. So, you know, one of the, I'll never forget, I took out one of the older guys from the office through which I work and I'll he was just like, I'm not getting in. No, I'm not trying to die. I, I don't want to know, no. And I think that's the challenge sometimes when we're older that our fears are really, really big and they've grown in our bodies. They're as big as we are. Hell, every single year when we say happy birthday, they say happy birthday, they get bigger. And, uh, and so we all grew up around these ocean stories about, you know, when somebody doesn't come back, be it if it's in the river, be it if it's in the white waters of the ocean, it is said that a snake took them. And so this, the, the discussion is, you know, every sacred place has an owner and that owner is Umnumzan. And so be it if it's in the sea or in the river, that's the discussion, but also it is said that the ocean space is an ancestral space. It's a sacred space. We don't just enter there. And so all of our lives, we kind of grow up with this continuous narrative repeated over and over again that you're not supposed to be there. Um, I mean, I fought my, my gran with, with the ocean. She was like, you're not supposed to be there. I'm like, go, go, I'm there. And she's like, you're not supposed to be there. I'm like, but go, go, I'm there. Right. And I think it was only like, two years ago where she said 
you know, we were watching this video together. Oh, it was my cousin who was like, Coco, look, 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 look what she does. Look at what this, this girl does. And my grandmother just for a moment, she just stopped and she said, I guess you've been allowed to be there. Mm. You know, wise about what you do with this gift because not none of us and not many of us will ever have this opportunity. And, and that was the last of the days that I heard you're not supposed to be there until yeah. I heard her speak to her neighbor and be like, that one, that one, that's the one. And you're just like, I guess that's how the love in this family looks. <laughs> What's crazy is I'm just getting, um, I'm getting Moana vibes. Have you seen Moana, Disney Moana? I actually need to see it. <laughs> so Disney Moana, uh, it's like my daughter's like favorite little car or cartoon or movie or whatever. Um, oh no. Um, so, but she basically, it's like the water chose her um to save everybody and everything and you know she just kept fighting you know despite what her dad was telling her despite what the the village was telling her and she she and you know of course she saved it you know spoiler alert um anywho <laughs> um <laughs> but what does that mean to you for like for your for your um for like you were saying your grandmother's acceptance what what does your family think about what you do <laughs> everyone thinks I'm the crazy one in the family unprovoked I'm the crazy one you know um to be this old and to not be married so everyone's always like why aren't you getting married where are the kids it's because you're busy gallivanting up the mountains (laughs) (laughs) you know so so I I'm the odd one in the family but but I love it because I you know I challenge us and when I stopped eating meat it was a whole big thing in the family because you know in the Zulu culture we are known as meat eaters like our culture is like meat eaters. And so when I stopped eating meat, everyone was like, what is she going to eat? She's going to die. It was, it was funny. And so my whole family calls me veggie. Needless to say, I'm, I've kind of realized that my, my whole family has to love me. I don't think they have a choice, unfortunately. Okay, Zandy. So we've, we've talked about a lot. Um, we've talked about your foundation. We've talked about your journey. Um, free diving i want to talk about a couple more things um one is um because you're just killing it on social media first of all (laughs) let's start right there you're killing it on social media how uh important is that to your journey like social media and journey i mean in in general and helping to share the story i think social media has been like so important in the in my journey, particularly because it is the creating of the representation that is so desperately needed, right? So, you know, one of the messages that I get sometimes saying, oh my word, you know, this is your 10th dive that I'm watching and you haven't died. Can you please take me out? You know, and I think that's the thing about needing representation. There's things that you know you want to do, but you want to see people that look like you that have done it. And I think there's something there in creating that representation in the world that helps us to dream of things that we might have not even known about. You know, many people always still say, what is free diving? Like we know scuba diving, you know, people are like on one breath. And so I just think it's just a part of the story and a part of the expanding of, of this water space for us. You know, and I like, because I think I've, really listen to a lot of your interviews and things i didn't even really ask a basic question what is free diving 
<laughs> free diving is when you so like scuba you've got a tank you've got air you're breathing that whole time underwater and you're in there for like maybe an hour or 45 minutes in free diving you take a big beautiful breath and you dive down to the bottom of the ocean and sometimes you're exploring sometimes you're going down for depth sometimes you're looking to cover distance in a pool but either way, you're just on one breath and you get to explore. And this dive might be one minute, it might be four minutes, it might be seven minutes. You know, I think the record holder is at 100 meters. They've gone 100 meters deep. So the, the question of human potential is at the moment just like open-ended as to how long we can go without breathing. And it's such an incredible space. So have, have there been any, I got a bunch of questions now. It's like, have, have there been any, first of all, have there been any close encounters when you're like, you know what, I think I've gone too far. Um, let's just get back to the top. In the beginning, I had those all the time, this, this fear of, you know, what, what if I run out of breath and then I have to swallow the sea? This is a lot. And so you kind of have to walk yourself through your fears because even in that fear, you got to pause. You don't have the luxury of a panic. Because you could be at 30 meters. A panic's not going to do anything for you. You still need to get, what, 30 meters is 100 feet? And you still need to get all the way to the top. So it's learning to manage yourself, to manage your fears, to manage your panic states, and to recognize that anything that can happen, even in your panic, calm is your best way out. Um, yeah. That's, that's powerful in itself right there. Um, what is your mindset like? I, is there almost like a state of uh, meditation? Like, what is your mindset like when you're going down? Like, uh, I know you got to be really aware of like your surroundings and how far you've gone. So like, what's your mindset when you're free diving? Where's your mind at? It's in the present. It's right in front of the line when I'm free diving. So when I'm free diving for, for depth, my mind is right there where I am listening to the line. So we have a rope that we'll drop down and that rope will, depending on what depth you're going for, if it's at 15 meters, the line is at 15 meters. If it's at 30, me at 30 meters and at 30 meters, you'll get a tennis ball that stops. Uh, so it stops you from going down further. And so I actually don't, you know, we always scout the surroundings in the beginning, but I normally close my eyes when the free fall starts. Like I just feel like there's nothing to see and I just, you know, and that's the thing with freediving, that you're more diving into yourself. And it is very meditative, if that's the word. Um, but yeah, that's, that's it's the word for me. I don't, I don't. It's just to be in the present because you can't focus on where you're wanting to go. Where you're wanting to go brings new anxiety into the body. And so if you allow yourself to listen to your body and you follow the line, there's, there's, that's all there is to just be in the present. And when you get to the bottom, you're like, oh my God, I'm here already. And then you grab the line and you make your way back. And that's not to say that you don't have like big chest contractions in between, mm -hmm. you know, your body wants to breathe and your body's like, I want to breathe now. And, and you just got to tell your body to just pause. Yes, it wants to breathe. And yes, you will breathe, but not right now. Can you just get in line? I think the most important thing is just to ensure that you don't miss an equalization. So an equalization is at any point when you descend, there's more pressure in the water. It gets denser and denser and that pressure pushes against your eardrum. And so you just pinch your nose, close your mouth and you just 
put out a little breath and it helps to just equalize that pressure. If you equalize nicely, you don't, you won't have any challenges. Cool. Cool. So are there any tips you tell your kids, like, um, like as you're growing out in the water, like, how do you get them ready? How do you get their mindset ready? Because you, I know you were saying like some were scared, some were anxious at first, but then it's like, Oh, hold up. Uh, maybe I don't want to do this. I think so. I'm a very playful person. I'm so playful. So like, I'll say to the kids, you show me a dance, you know, if I'm going to teach you something, you're going to teach me something. So there we are TikToking on the beach bah, 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 and they're teaching me some cool dance and somewhere there's an exchange and there's lots of play, but I think it's in the introduction, you know, I'm Zandi, this is what I do. And I show them the, the, the video and they're all like, Oh my God. And, and I think that is just the discussion, the connection, the reading of the different um, kids that are there, and you know, you know, you you can pick up a lot. And so for me, that is that is my connection point. And then when we go into the water, I need them to know that they can trust me. Mm-hmm. And that's why I show them the video of what I do. And yeah, and just somehow in learning to breathe together underwater. And and ultimately, trust is the only currency. There's there's really no tips. There's just the idea of connecting and you know, I know where I come from, from my childhood. And I think that's always just a big, beautiful connector. Um, so let's go back to social media for a minute on Instagram. And that was like when I first reached out to you. That's Katie. Okay, that that's Katie. Katie. Say again. That's Katie. Yeah. Okay. So I was, I was listening to a conversation, which as a male, I guess I never really thought about it, but just the, the sexualization of what social media is and you know how people perceive you can you talk a little bit about the perception of like being the black mermaid a beautiful female it's it's so interesting this week is actually just a perfect example of like wait what someone sent me a message and they said listen i'm in cape town can i um come i'd love to see you so i was like oh sure do you want to go on a dive whatever and he said i would love to see you dive just for fun like, wait, what? What? Right, right. It's a little weird. <laughs> like, perform? I don't know. It was, it was such a weird thing. But the whole thing is that there's a lot in the world about sexualizing, and particularly, I, I have to say, sexualizing Black bodies. So the costumes that we wear, you know, our bums are rounder, our hips are rounder. And so the idea of this the space of, you know, we wear this, it, it's, it's not that. So there is a sexualized space and there is wild fetishes that live on, on the, on the, um, in the internet. But I think it's just to kind of hold yourself. And for me, it just says, you know, draw the line when you're uncomfortable. And I think just to be a woman, you'll always find yourself in some kind of weird space. Right. One way or another. Yeah. So yeah. I guess what, what I'm getting from this is, is, you know, whether you wear a sweatpants diving or you know, a bathing suit, it's going to be there regardless. Um, so you just got to do your thing and keep pushing the positivity because you're doing the right thing. You're on the right side. Yeah, I, I think it's just to focus on your graft, right? And it's so easy for us to get distracted because the world will always tell us, no, look here, no, look there. And there are challenging things but you got to focus on your goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, the other thing you guys were talking about was basically, um, 
you got to pay me my dues. You got to pay me my dues. I'm not doing this for free, which is a challenge that I also, you know, I run into all the time. You know, people want me to do speaking things. They want me to be, they want me to moderate this. They want me whatever, whatever. Okay. What's this paying? Or this is my rate. Oh, we actually wanted you just to do this on your own. Wow. So uh, let's talk about it. What's up with that? Why is that expectation there? (laughs) I don't know what it is. Sometimes I always say, I'm like, what's, what, what's, what's written on my forehead? You know, you think just because I have a big smile and I have wild energy, you assume that I live, I, I live and breathe happiness and I pay my rent in happiness currency. Yes. You know, it's <laughs> like, what does that even mean? And, um, and so there's this expectation to just do stuff for free, but also be okay with just getting product. I'm like, I can't take that product and exchange it for my rent costs can we see my humanity as well? And I think the thing about the ocean conservation space as well is that it is so premised in privilege that so many of our white counterparts are able to do all of the stuff for free. And you know, there's, there, there's a connector somewhere that can help with payment or whatever. But like with myself, no one can help me pay my bills. Mm-hmm. And so, it's such a hard thing the minute you start saying no, because, you know, how dare she say no? Who does she think she is? No, 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 no. And all of a sudden, you you are now seen in a bad way when everybody else is asking you while they're earning salaries. You're like, I don't get it. Right. So th- th- there's this there's this whole thing where I've actually had to hold a line and just say, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And just, and again, at any point when I say I'm not doing it, I don't have a shortage of things that I can do in the foundation. I don't mm-hmm. have a shortage. Right. And that's where my heart is. Do I want to amplify the message? Yes. But we also got to see my humanity. And that's important. Now, I don't know. Um, I, didn't, I, don't, I haven't heard. But how does the foundation actually get funded? Because you're doing a lot of great things. I mean, you're, you're, you're driving kids 45 minutes this way, 45 minutes that way. Um, of course, there's gear, there's, um, you know, your time. How, how does the foundation get funded? Self-funded. It's funded by my, funded. as in, as in I get my money. So, so I do workshops. I do diversity and inclusion workshops. Sometimes I do speaking workshops. Um, and I also do a lot of film work at the moment. And so between all of that, it's always, you know, from when I started, when I would get like maybe three clients that want me to make a social media post for them, let's say, you know, I'm able to get 20 grand. I say, okay, these are my costs. I can take like the kids out for four excursions. For me, the number one was to get the kids out there. Mm-hmm. The idea of going knocking for money and trying to justify why I need that money, it, I battled with it. But also... I was carrying this dream and I didn't want anybody to take that dream and make it theirs. And I think that's where, but now I'm actually more open to partnerships because I realized that I want the, I want the foundation's work to, to grow. I want it to be strongly capacitated and I needed to have continuity. So now I am actually looking at donors, but with regards to gear, thank heaven, Scuba Pro came on board and they started um they sponsored us gear and that helped me a lot because the gear higher cost was one of the largest costs when i take the kids out wow that's amazing that's amazing shout out 
Wow. <laughs> Sheesh, thank you. You just kind of figure that you got to do what you got to do. Um, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere in the world. It's Zandi the Mermaid, Z-A-N-D-I, the Mermaid. And if you're looking to find the foundation, it's at the Black Mermaid underscore foundation on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Thank you, thank you so much for your time, Zandi. Appreciate you. I know you're busy and just busy taking over the world. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been lovely chatting. For sure. All right. Be safe. Okay. Awesome. Take care. Bye. So you've listened to this podcast this long. Um, I just want to take a few more seconds out of your time. First, to say thank you for listening to this episode. I want you to go like it. I want you to go share it with a friend. I also want to say, if you want to help support the podcast, we have ways to do it. We got the Patreon on patreon.com, uh, Oyster Ninja PC. Or if you want to do a one-time thing, you can do Venmo or Cash App. We Cash App is the dollar sign, Shuck Daddy, S-H-U-C-K-D-A-D-D-Y. If it's Venmo, Shuck Daddy. I'm going to leave some links in the description just in case you have an issue finding it. But thank you for listening. Go rate this podcast. Go leave a review for somebody else who might is thinking of listening to it. Thank you. Peace, love, and shuck on.